So for an episode that's supposed to handle polygamy and infidelity in some way, it's actually particularly interesting that the conclusion is going to be so simple, yet there's going to be so much explanation that's going to happen in between because, you know, it's sort of necessary to still come to that very simple conclusion. But all of that comes much, much later. First of all, we need to handle a royal deflowering. Because this one, I feel, is deflowering on a royal level, not just because of who it happened to, but how it happened. So Prince Harry, in a recently done memoir, spoke of how he lost his virginity behind a pub to an older woman who spanked him. Now, the story goes, in his memoir titled Spare, Prince Harry has opened up about losing his virginity to an older woman in a field behind a pub. He also went on to say that she treated him like a quote-unquote young stallion and wrote, and I quote, I mounted her quickly after which she spanked my ass and sent me away. End quote. Now, this is particularly interesting, at least for me, because I would have probably thought that if Prince Harry was going to lose his virginity, he'd probably do it in, you know, like the most Hollywood-ish celebrity royal type way, which is on Epstein's island with some 14-year-old kid. Now, I'm not saying this in a bad way. It's just that's kind of what I'd have thought Prince Harry would have lost his virginity to because this this sounds like a very normal person thing. Hell, I was looking at the comments section on this article and people were busy talking about how that's a very common thing. That's how a lot of people have lost their virginity. I'm not sure about most other places. In Kenya, you can sort of throw it around between a relative or, you know, the house help or a classmate or some shit. But it seems like this is actually particularly normal. It actually sounds like something that would be classified as a simple one night stand, not how a guy got deflowered. Like, this this one is this one is kind of nice this one is kind of nice although i'm not gonna lie the babe pretty much made it sound like she was a milf and it sounds like prince harry actually kind of liked it considering that he was called a quote-unquote young stallion although at the same time since i don't really know how old prince harry was when he lost his virginity this almost sounds like a case of pedophilia. So it's like, you know, you pretty much go get a teenager, prop up his ego. He gets into you. He nuts real quick. Hopefully, you know, you can get pregnant and go and claim some money from like the royal family or some shit. But the way you decide to send him away, this quote unquote young stallion of yours, is you spank him and you tell him to fuck off. Like at the very least, if you sort of try to overthink this, it does actually seem like she was just trying to get his nut because, you know, you go, you prop up his ego, then he gets into you, he nuts quickly, and then you tell him to fuck off so that you can go and possibly get pregnant. To kind of think about it another way, like, it does kind of sound like this guy just went and, like, nutted quickly and bounced because it doesn't seem like there was that much content in anything that he wrote because when all you have to say in the name of you losing your virginity is i mounted her quickly after which she spanked my ass and sent me away like it kind of seems like dude was there for just a couple of seconds you know he just decided to go and leave his royal nut there so that he can bounce then afterwards after the milf kind of checks back into the pub and she's being asked by her friend so how was it how was it you know like how's royal dick and then she kind of has to just look at them and be like uh, well, it's nothing to say the least. It's not like the guy did much there. And then at the end of it, now he kind of ends up with a very interesting image that he ends up putting on his memoir, 
which is kind of why I'm particularly open to the idea of like royals keeping their shit private, which is something that Prince Harry had also said he wanted done soon after he got married to Meghan Markle and shit, but he's the same one who's busy talking about losing his virginity and being spanked in the ass on a memoir. Yeah. This one, this one's a little bit interesting. This one's a little bit interesting. But as far as interesting goes, I don't think it'll really top what it is that I have on the rest of the podcast. Which means that I should probably start this podcast at some point in time. And you should probably know what show you're listening to. So let me do it right now. So get ready for the battle of the sexes. Welcome to Breaktown on West Side, your number one Breaktown podcast, coming to you from Nairobi, Kenya. The man on the mic is Sir Denver B, your man who is about as private as Prince Harry's left ass cheek, or right, I don't know which one got slapped, but that one. The show is Battle of the Sexes, our weekly love, sex, and relationships show where I get to talk about relationships, I get to talk about stuff that might end up splitting both genders. But usually I like to bring forth that conclusion that is supposed to bring us all together and appreciate the fact that we are both working towards being together. Not unless if you're a part of the LGBT. Then I I, I don't know how to explain that one. But either way, if you do like what it is that you're hearing, then a nice sub or follow to the podcast would be highly appreciated. If you do want to provide feedback on whatever it is that you've heard so far, then the place to hit me up at on IG, it is at Breaktime on my side on Facebook. It is also at Breaktime on my side and on Twitter. You can slide into my personal DMs, which is at Bagaka the D. Or if you manage to forget that along the lines, then the links to all of the social media are in the description. Now, I'm not going to lie. Today's show is actually about multiple partners. And the thing is, it kind of occurs in two ways. There's one that's sort of allowed. There's another one that's sort of not. And I sort of tried to explain that at the beginning. And I want to kick things off by talking about a Ugandan man with 12 wives, 102 children, and 568 grandchildren who has just recently decided that he's going to stop adding to his family. Now, that in and of itself seems a little bit wild considering that, you know, we have the futures of the world and the Nick Cannons, but they clearly do not top this guy. So the story reads, and I quote, Musa Hasahia, 67 years old, from Lusaka, has asked his 12 wives to start using contraception so that the family can buy more food to eat. He said, and I quote, My income has become lower and lower over the years due to the rising cost of living and my family has become bigger and bigger. End quote. When recently asked about his wives and his situation, he responded by saying, and I quote, I married one woman after another. How can a man be satisfied with just one woman? End quote. End, end of article. Now, interesting thing is, like, when I look at a story like this, you think about the Nick Cannons, the Elon Musks, and the futures of the world. Like, all of their kids combined, legitimate and illegitimate, put together, do not even hold a candle to the amount of children this man has actually bred, if I can call it that. Because, honestly, I feel like, all of these wives producing these many kids, like I feel like all 12 of those wives would at least be doing about nine kids each. And a good chunk of those kids will probably have to have had their own kids. Like dude might have probably been giving women nuts and kids since he was like a teenager or since he was in his early 20s. And he has never stopped for even a second. Like if this guy was to rule an entire village of which at this point in time with 102 children and 568 grandchildren... 
he probably could. Like, I feel like one of the laws that he'd have decreed is that pull-out game should not be added to the dictionary or as part of law. Like, he'd have probably made it, like, mandatory that you have to nut and you have to nut inside. Although, you kind of think about his idea of telling the wives to get contraceptives, and in some ways, like, a lot of the feminists and a lot of women will probably say that it's selfish. What I'd say is he's uneducated because, yes, he can ask them to all get contraceptives, and, you know, the other alternative is pulling out or wearing a condom, but he probably doesn't know that he can do a vasectomy and it A will not reduce the quality of his sex per se, and B, is probably a lot cheaper and easier to do. Because the thing is, when people talk about contraceptives, contraceptives as a topic has mostly been a female-led, or should I say a female-driven topic, and male contraceptives haven't really been brought up that much. You know, guys are just told use a condom, or if you don't want kids for good, get a vasectomy. Yet most people don't know that vasectomies can be temporary. And, you know, you can have it reversed with, I think it's like a 66% chance of success. Now, in his case, if you have 102 children, even though there was a 1% chance of success in terms of reversing it, I don't really think he'd want to take it because you think about it, he's 67 years old. He has 102 children. How many more kids do you need, really? Like, this isn't even about the kids. It's mostly about the nut. And I get it, you know, nutting inside the baby is an amazing feeling. Like, trust me, I get why guys have weak pullout game. And I get why guys will always want to nut inside, with or without a condom. Because it's an amazing feeling. But in his case, I feel like it would be better if he just got a vasectomy. Because at least at that point, he'd be like 100% sure he's not getting his woman pregnant, or women pregnant. And he can pretty much bang any one of those women for at least one month a year each. But anyways, all that said and done, I do believe that, you know, all the women seem happy with him. You know, it's 12 wives. And, you know, considering that they're married, unlike the baby mama situation, which happens in the West, you know, they may actually be particularly happy with the dude. So, you know, if the dude wants to stop, it's perfectly okay. I do salute him. I do salute the women for pushing out that many kids. And considering that 568 kids means that there's at least five or six kids per child, like... Dude is probably producing some sons and some daughters that are really, really fertile. But either way, I'll leave it at that because we have a main topic to get to. So I will move it on. Now, over the many years that I've heard people talking about relationship matters or sex matters per se, there's always been a bone of contention in the whole discussion of whether male infidelity should be allowed in a relationship or in a marriage or in some partnership of sorts to a certain degree. And it's sort of been this whole debate of back and forth, back and forth. You know, people that are from polygamous families always for it. Or at least the men who were brought up in polygamous families were for it. And, you know, even the monogamous men are sort of for it in some cases. But the thing is, over the past about two years, there's been a statement that's sort of gone on on the internet that has sort of tried to reinforce the idea that male infidelity should be accepted to a certain level. And the statement itself is, women cheat, but men exercise options. And whenever they talk about that, they usually refer to the high-value man. And if you are a person that's listened to Relationship Matters online quite a bit, then you know that the whole idea of the high-value man and exercising options is actually a term that was brought up by the late Kevin Samuels. And it's been picked up and been pushed around the Red Pill community or the manosphere for a little over a year 
And people have been talking about it quite a bit. And I've never really known whether to stand for it or stand against it because personally, I don't endorse cheating, but I sort of understand why some guys would do this and why some babes would agree to have some sort of an agreement with their mans on this. And that was up until last week, right at the end, when I stumbled onto a story from a podcast known as Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard, which had a recent episode with the actress and celebrity Gabrielle Union on it. Now, according to the story, Gabrielle Union said that she felt comfortable cheating in her first marriage because she paid all the bills. So let me just read the story for you real quick. So... Gabrielle Union is sharing more about her first marriage that she describes as quote-unquote dysfunctional from day one. During a recent conversation on the podcast Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard, the actress and author talked about being married to former professional football player Chris Howard, whom she divorced in 2006 after five years of marriage. Shepard mentioned feeling guilty about his own past infidelities and Union followed that she was not quote-unquote getting wife of the year awards when it came to her marriage to the ex-Jacksonville Jaguars player. She says, and I quote, In my first marriage, neither one of us felt like the marriage should get in the way of our dating. A part of it was like keeping up with his activities like, oh, that's what you're doing, you're going to feel this one. And I just felt entitled to it as well. End quote. The inspection star continues on to say, and I quote, I was paying all the bills. I was working my ass off and I felt like that's what comes. The spoils of the riches. End quote. Union has been married to another former professional athlete, NBA star Dwayne Wade, since 2014. She said she wishes she felt more guilt about her behavior during her first marriage. She continues, and I quote, It was such a stupid relationship that should have never got out of the dating phase. End quote. And end of story. Alright, so now that this has sort of come out, at first when I was looking at this story, or at least when I was reading the article, I assumed that probably they were in an open relationship or an open marriage. And that's one way to kind of look at it because when she starts off by saying that neither of us felt like the marriage should get in the way of our dating, like it sounds like it was an open relationship up until you start to read further on where you're like a part of it was like keeping up with his activities and she's like oh that's what you're doing you're going to feel this one and maybe the guy could have been cheating but it doesn't necessarily mean that she should have cheated as well right although before i get into the judgment and the questioning of everything let me actually start off by saying that i haven't actually listened to this podcast so the context that i'm pulling is entirely from the ig post and the article that this pretty much came from if i listened to the podcast probably i'd give a much better outlook on it but i'm literally using the information that's there from the post and that's it so i just wanted to put that clarification out there now here's the thing for most people who've listened to guys talking about cheating for most people that have some sort of an idea of what it is that i usually say whenever it comes to babes cheating and what a lot of guys say it's usually considered worse if the woman cheats than if the man cheats now that one is purely on a subjective level and guys will always talk about how it's worse. And you know, there's babes that will also side with the guys and say that it's worse when a woman cheats than when a man does it. But at the end of the day, for me, I personally just don't endorse cheating. And the worst part of this is 
this actually sounds like revenge cheating as opposed to just good old-fashioned cheating because I was looking for pleasure with someone else, which is actually a lot more toxic when you kind of think about it. Because when you look at revenge cheating, revenge cheating is literally you not doing it to get your rocks off, which is usually the fun part of it, but you literally doing it to spite someone else, which usually is interesting because a lot of times you actually don't even say that you're doing it to spite someone. Although all that said and done, now, back to the part that sort of occupied the whole talking point for this entire thing. The fact that she was comfortable cheating because she paid the bills. Now, it does go back to what it is that the red pill usually say about, you know, women will cheat, but men will exercise options. Because the justification of how it is that they come to this whole thing of, oh, you know, it's not cheating, it's exercising options, is that women will typically date and marry up. And ideally for you to be up, you need to be a high value man. And that actually requires work. So for the most part as a guy, you're pretty much getting little to no sex. You pretty much have to work as hard as hell for you to get up to the top level so that you would be considered attractive by the woman that you end up with. And if you can manage to provide and protect the woman and you can do what you need to do as a man in her life, then you should be given the allowance to chase the pussy that now wants you so badly that you also want just as bad. And as long as you can do it and it's not, you know, from a point of like intimacy and trying to form another bond, then it's perfectly okay. You know, you can just go and bang a bunch of other babes because for us, the sex is just physical and there's no emotionalness that's like tied to it. And like stuff like that, that's actually how a lot of red pillars will sort of try to defend the whole men should be allowed to exercise their options and all. And normally, whenever they talk about that, they're like, you know, as long as my woman is provided for and she's taken care of, especially financially, then you should be allowed to do that as a high value man. And that kind of points out a couple of things, because if you can take care of the babe and you have the money, then you should be allowed to do it, Right. And a lot of the red pillars will probably say, yeah, if you can take care of the babe and you pretty much make sure that you're not trying to have kids with multiple other women, then it's perfectly okay for you as a high value man for you to bang a bunch of babes because you know it's only just physical. Of which, if you look at this case of Gabrielle Union paying all the bills, it suddenly throws a wrench on the whole plan. Because now this starts to complicate everything because now she was the one that was paying all the bills and she was the one that was working hard. So does it mean that she was permitted to go and cheat just based off of that same law? Because you kind of think about it like, isn't this the antithesis? You know, isn't this the opposite of what it is that guys that are a part of this whole agenda usually talk about? And you know, in some ways you could say yes and in some ways you could say no. Now, a lot of the people that are a part of that entire community will probably be like, no, it's not the same exact thing. And the justification that they'd probably use is that it's not the same exact thing because for us, sex is hard to get. For babes, sex is literally a choice. Like for us as guys, we actually have to work to get the sex. But for babes, for them, getting sex is literally a matter of them deciding that they want to have sex and them not really being too choosy about it. And they can pretty much bang quite a number of guys without any real work put into it, of which that could be true. And, you know, you could sort of use that to argue it out. Oh, you know, she's still technically cheating and it's wrong because she's the woman. That's not what she's supposed to be doing. Men value purity and all. And to be honest, considering that 
you know, I have sort of talked about this quite a bit and I get the whole, you know, women hold the keys to sex, men hold the keys to the relationship. I do agree. It's not entirely the same thing, which is why I am going to try and form an antithesis of my own to ask if this actually does sort of justify in the same exact way. Because if we were to look at the woman, because, you know, men want the keys to sex. So let's say that, you know, exercising options is them getting the keys to sex, but them remaining in a relationship with you. Now, let's flip the tables and put the woman on the power play side of it. Does it mean that because she values relationships, let's say she has a work husband or work husbands, and, you know, probably she's been covering herself up the entire time. But now that she's yours and she's making more money, does it mean that she can now dress raunchy or she can post up the bikini pictures with a lot less clothing and shit on IG and shit? Yet you probably weren't entirely a fan of that because she was fully closed up. Like, does it mean that because she handles the bills, that she's perfectly permitted to do that. Even though she's not banging any of the guys that she's entertaining in the DMs, even though she's not banging the work husband, would you say that that would actually be totally correct? And for some guys who are mostly horny and don't have that much relationship experience, they might say yes. But at the same time, there's some other guys who may or may not have relationship experience, who may or may not fully understand the power of emotional intimacy in a relationship, who will probably step up and be like, no, I wouldn't want my woman to entertain other men. And that's now where we suddenly get to an impasse because what guys talk about in the name of exercising options is considered physical cheating. What it is that I've described is considered emotional cheating. Now, if the woman is in the power position, is it okay if she's emotionally cheating and not physically cheating? If the man is in the power position, which is, you know, he's the one that provides and protects and shit, does it mean that him physically cheating is okay? Which does now raise the two-headed question of when is it okay for a man to cheat? And if that's the case, is there a situation and when is it okay for a woman to cheat, even on an emotional level? And that kind of does bring me on to my conclusion here, which is sort of two-sided. When you look at a lot of what guys who talk about, you know, women cheat men exercise options kind of philosophy, you realize that they make a couple of assumptions. They usually make the assumption that one, the guy is always going to have money and is going to be the provider of the house, which isn't always the case. And it makes the assumption that the woman isn't going to be the one in a position of financial power because the person that's paying all the bills is clearly getting the allowance to go and fuck around which isn't really the case for quite a number of families and relationships. There's a lot of women who are in bonds, in partnerships, relationships and marriages that are actually the ones providing, that are actually the ones that carry a bulk of the financial burden. And yes, I know, you know, there's the whole provide, protect, penetrate. But considering that the protection part is mostly covered by the government, it's mostly usually down to providing and penetrating. Now, if she can find someone else to penetrate and she's clearly the one providing, then does it mean that she gets the allowance to? Because these are actual real relationship situations. It's not always that the man is the one who's always going to provide. And I think people do need to actually consider that. Now, the other conclusion that I come up with is the simplest one, which I have always had as a philosophy on this podcast, which is I simply do not endorse cheating. Like at the end of the day, 
I've complicated this entire matter for all of you to listen to. And I've spoken about, oh, you know, if a woman's in this case, blah, blah, blah. Not to justify what Gabrielle Union is doing, but simply to have both genders kind of contemplate what happens when one person feels like they're in a position of power over the other. At the end of the day, yes, you may expect your man to lead, but you kind of have to consider the idea that sometimes the one thing that might make him seem like a leader might actually not be his strongest suit. Which actually brings me on to something else. A lot of people have pretty much been basing a man's value on his earning potential or in his financial capabilities or more so his ability to provide, which is actually not good. It actually isn't. In the current world that we live in, if that's the only thing that you base a man's value from, then trust me, y'all are gonna have a very, very small set of men to deal with and a lot of women are actually going to be passing up an opportunity with great guys simply because they may not be making as much money at that time. Although, then again, I might be wrong about this particular thing, just to say I could be wrong about a lot of other things, so I want your thoughts on it. The DMs are open on IG, on Facebook, it is at Breaktime on my side, on Twitter. It is at Bagaka the D. Thank you so much for listening all the way till the end, and I will catch you guys on the next break. <laughs>